0: There are not too many former West Point cadets who can claim a successful comedy career, but St. Louis can claim one of them. That would be comic Greg Warren. He has performed on network television, radio, club venues all over the country. This week, he's got a gig in his hometown, performing Thursday through Sunday at the Funny Bone in Maryland Heights. And right now, he joins me in studio. Greg, nice to see you again. Good to see you, Don. I probably
1: need to clarify, uh, I spent one year, at uh, West Point,
0: as, as uh, obviously as a cadet.
1: Yeah, you're you're, you're supposed to go for four. Uh, I was what they <laughs> called in the army uh, a quitter, Don. Uh, <laughs> I stayed for the first year and then uh, then uh, transferred. Well, to. having
0: read about some of the things you've said about uh, that particular experience, I, I, I what the heck was going on with you? Well, here's how, uh,
1: as best as I can explain it. Um, I was I was at Kirkwood High School and I was a, I was a pretty good uh, wrestler and the wrestling coach called me from West Point one day and he that was a wrestling coach, my dad was my my high school coach yeah, yeah. thanks for remembering that yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the coach called me and he said hey we'd like you to come to West Point and uh, the next day I was uh, I was sitting in journalism class uh, you'd appreciate this uh-huh. and um, uh, Liz Miller was sitting next to me and Liz was uh, she was uh, pretty much the prettiest girl in our high school and I said Liz the. The, the wrestling coach from West Point called me last night, and he wants me to go to West Point. And she said, "Wow, that's pretty cool." That that's it. Don. That's uh, that's pretty much the reason why. I, that's why I went right there. Yeah. I,
0: I would have been more impressed than Liz was, apparently. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> but uh, an athletic scholarship to West Point is a little bit different than some of the academic achievements. Well, people.
1: actually, yeah. I mean, everybody that goes to West Point is actually not only on scholarship; you're paid. You're yeah. you're, you're a you're a soldier. I mean, you're you're, you're
0: yeah. You know, I, I think uh, Greg, we this is a time when we need comedy. We need comedy more than ever, wouldn't Wouldn't you agree? We need comedy and comedy. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm. I. Uh, I mean, it's no no secret that we're a very divided country. Mm. Uh, I don't talk about politics at all in my act, and and I actually enjoy some comics who do. It's just, uh, personally, it, we're so divisive in every other part of. Uh, uh, society that is mm-hmm. like that—that that space, the comedy club. I, I really don't want—I don't want anybody to feel like they, you know, they're, they're yeah. alienated there. So
0: yeah, because half the people are going to be ticked off at. Yeah,
1: if I start talking, no matter what you say, no matter yeah. how you feel, half the people are going to get up and leave. Where know? do you draw your material from? I mean, I, I think it's—I uh, st- think the job as a comedian is to notice things around them, and I, you know, I sort of have a process where I sit, uh, where, wherever I am in the country, I'll sit in a coffee shop in the morning and just just journal and sort of mm-hmm. like, hey, where did I... It's really hard to sit down and say what's funny, but if, if you can start with what's what interrupted the continuum of the day, what, what happened in the, over the last three days mm-hmm. that seems a little different um, than things that usually happen, a lot of times you can turn that into uh, what's funny. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> um, how, a few years ago, I was living in New York City, and uh, I, I was doing an audition for a a commercial and it didn't go well and i i wound up i was on the subway and uh it was just a bad series of events and i I remember thinking to myself you know i really would appreciate just three minutes of silence on this subway if if i I could just have that i would be very grateful And, and a minute and a half later this lady just walked on the subway and she started singing uh all i want for christmas is a fish sandwich all i want for christmas is a fish sandwich all, I was like, lady, it's not a song. Well, well, Don, guess what song has been stuck in my head for the last uh, three years? I, that, that woman should not be homeless. She's a hit maker. <laughs> she, she may be one of the greatest lyricists of our time. Like, I, I've heard 11 Taylor Swift songs. I don't know the words. I know all the words to Fish Sandwich. Now, when I sat down, so, so that happened, and, and a week later I was just sort of sitting down in a coffee shop in Queens, and I was like, what— what happened over the last, nothing's funny, what happened over the last week? And I was like, well, there's that fish sandwich lady. At the time that that happened, I promise you, nothing seemed funny about it to me. I was, you Mm -hmm. know, just despondent that I, you know, I hated New York, I hated the subway, but I was like, well, that was a thing that happened. Maybe there's something there. And then, you know, a month later, I was like, got into a format where I could try to talk about it on stage and then, you know, it became a bit that I did. And you've I
0: just heard. planted an earworm now in the, in, yeah, in I, the I, minds of thousands of people listening.
1: Yeah, it, tomorrow morning everybody in
0: St. Louis will be showering singing uh, Fish Sandwich <laughs> and, the, and they'll all hate me. But uh, You know, when you come up with things like this uh, how do you test drive a routine. I mean, you, you, you've got to think it's funny yourself when you're coming up with it, but then you've got to find out whether or not people are going to react to it. That's a really, really good question. I mean,
1: I learned, it It took me a while to learn it, and, I, and I, there's a lot of really, really funny up-and-coming comics in St. Louis that I find myself as an older comic talking to now, and then I get sick of hearing myself talk. Mm-hmm. But uh, I learned somewhere in the middle of my career to, if you have an idea, it's funny. It's just trust. Trust your instincts. It's funny. No matter what, it's mm. funny. Now, it may take you a while to figure out how to explain that and and let them see what you see. Mm. But um, I think over time you get a little bit more skill to being like you have this thought and it's like how can I get them to see what I see. So uh, I now if I have something that seems funny, I'll try it that night. Like you know if I if I there's a certain how there's this, like, it starts as a kernel of an idea and it, it ends as this joke that's killing on stage. There's somewhere in the middle there where I'm like, ah, no, this is good enough to put on stage. Mm-hmm. It's going to go through. Seinfeld said it takes, once you do it on stage, it's going to take about a year to a year and a half to get it in its final form. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like to get it on stage as soon as possible because it's going to take a while to massage it.
0: Wh- then which generates the the, uh, the greater emotion? And I mean great in, in, in terms of large when you uh, come up with a routine or a bit that uh that uh, is very successful and people laugh like crazy or it's a bomb um well i mean those are uh the two extremes
1: two extremes yeah which one luckily luckily I, I i don't have the the latter as much as i used to uh but you know, those used to hurt quite a bit, and they still do. That's the thing that bothers me. So I, at some point, I thought, well, you know, I'm good enough now where I'm just never mm-hmm. going to feel that again. You you do have a bad set every now and then, sure. but um, your recovery time gets a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think – I'm, I'm an optimist. I think the joy of, of – uh, uh, the, the most fun is when, when the joke – the new idea just starts to work. Like just that, it just starts working like, oh, this is going to be a fun ride to get it to its final form. And I think that's uh, – uh, I'm an optimist. I think that's, uh, that, that overshadows the, the defeat of having a, a bad bit.
0: But if, it, if there is a bomb – uh, as they must be occasionally. Is it immediately out of the routine, or do you rework it? No, no. I, like
1: I was saying earlier, I, I still think you need to trust the idea. You mm-hmm. just told it wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you you just you didn't yeah. explain. The, uh, right now, as I'm not using my words very clearly. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, no, like you, uh, like you just didn't tell it the right way. Yeah. So I I uh, I'll try it again. And then sometimes you know you got to put it away for about six months. It's like ah. I'm just not at the point in my career. I need to come back. You ever? I do a lot of crossword puzzles. I do mm-hmm. the New York Times crossword puzzle, and uh, I'm a maybe a Wednesday guy at, at best. Uh-huh. But
0: you know, right uh, in the middle of this, the uh, yeah, difficult. I don't even yeah. look at
1: Fridays. But yeah. uh, every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll 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 take a look at it, and it's like I can't get uh, this. Is I'm getting nowhere. And then the next morning, <laughs> I'll look at it again, and you 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 I don't know. You're coming at it from a different angle. I think I think jokes and
0: crossword puzzles are pretty similar in,
1: in that regard.
0: Yeah. Um, you're you're getting ready for the uh, performance at the Funny Bone this weekend, and on Sunday you're going to be performing for kids primarily. Yeah, we talked about this last year, but refresh all of our memories with regard to how that works and what you're doing.
1: Yeah, you know what the, the when I talked to you last year, that was the first time I had tried it in any market. Was in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and we had uh, partially thanks to you, Don. We had like uh, a couple hundred people came, and it was great. It was it was better than I would have expected. Um, basically, my friends, uh, uh, Sean O'Brien and Tim Convey, they're the opening acts, they'll go up and do, I don't know, uh, you know, five, 10 minutes each. And then I'll do about 30, 35 minutes. And it's all, it's not a kiddie show. Mm-hmm. It's just sh- material that's appropriate for all ages. And uh, and then after that, uh, the three of us will stay on stage and we'll invite the kids up. And, you know, we, we make it almost like a talk show. We'll, we'll interview the kid. And if you know, if they got a joke they want to tell. We had some kids dance last year. <laughs> we, we let them tell a joke, and it's uh, it's pretty neat. It's it's
0: it's a lot of fun. What's the age range generally for these kids?
1: Well, I say, um, you know, it, it's primarily for, like, fifth grade and up, but uh, – we're not going to card, Don. You know, most of these kids don't have driver's license, so there's yeah. really no way to check them out. L- last year, there were, like, some five-year-olds and six-year-olds, and I think they had a great time. But to really appreciate it, I think it's sort of that um, middle school, high school kids
0: really, really get into it. What kind of jokes do they tell? I mean, is it like Halloween where they have these yeah, silly Most things?
1: of them are, you know, like a knock-knock joke yeah. or, uh, <clears throat> you know. But there's a couple that wrote their own material, and it's uh, it's really, really cool to see. Uh, my niece, Tori, uh, uh, basically took it upon
0: herself to roast me for, for about a minute and a half, and the crowd really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, when, when people roast you from the audience, what's your reaction to that? Hey, comedians get heckled a lot.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, it's a lot easier than it, it seems. Uh, you just sort of – I had somebody give me some advice early on, like, just sit back, and don't use the first thing comes to your mind. And you don't have to, you know, you don't want to use some canned response. Like, da, 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 and it's like, yeah. and then you know, it just seems sort of silly. But just if you had one of your friends and you were sitting around drinking beers and, and somebody said something stupid, you, you know, you're comfortable with that person. And you probably would just say, you know, the first first or second thing that pops in your mind. And, and people would probably laugh because uh, they enjoy it. Now, uh, if things are going horribly in the show, it's it's going to be a little trickier. But usually uh, they're on my side. The audience wants to see you do well. And if somebody shouts something out, I'd rather they didn't. But if
0: they do, uh, you just uh, trust your instincts. Yeah. Yeah. Go, going back to the kids and you're working with them, uh, this is only your second year. You did it last year. Did you get any material for yourself uh, that came from these uh, youngsters? That's Man, that's a
1: great question. No, I didn't. Uh, maybe a couple of stories, I'm thinking, but... Every now and then, I I have learned, I do talk to the crowd a little bit more in my act. Not a lot. I like to do it maybe, you know, a little 10%. But every now and then, I I will get something from the crowd. The other day, I was in Youngstown, Ohio. And I, I don't know, I was just a little bored. And I asked this guy, I go, what what do you do for a living, sir? He was
0: bored in Youngstown, Ohio? Yeah, can you imagine?
1: Uh, (laughs) On stage, I was like, it was the end of the week. And I was like, I've done my act too many times. Let me take a little quick break from my act and talk to the crowd. And I asked this guy, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a carpenter. I go, what do you make? He goes, well, actually, uh, he goes, I I build receptionist desks for hospitals. He goes, that's all the receptionist desks and all the hospitals in Youngstown, Ohio, I made. And I, I just took a minute. And I was like, you know, I bet like the goal for somebody like you would be to have a, re- a receptionist desk so good that somebody was like, hey, you know what? I've been sitting in this ER for an hour? Wait, wait a minute. Is is that mahogany? That's that's really. What, is that molding? That's very very nice. Yeah. So the doctor's ready to see you. Just a second. I want I want to check this out. That's.
0: Uh, yeah. I wonder how many hospitals there are in Youngstown, Ohio. How Probably many? one. Yeah. <laughs> right. one, one desk. Yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. Very very proud of that.
1: Yeah, I did. Oh, I. Uh, I was talking about how I'm 50 and uh, I'm single, and some. Some lady shouted out one time, "Why don't you just uh, meet some young girl and be her sugar daddy?" I was like, "Well." Ma'am, because I don't have any sugar. All right, I, I, I'm not sure I could be a splendid daddy at <laughs> yeah. this
0: uh, uh, point in my life. Uh, <laughs> when when does a guy like yourself, Gregor? Well, you can only relate to yourself. Decide. You know, I'm pretty funny. I think I'll become a comic. Um, man, that's
1: a that's a good question. I I think in grade school and especially at Kirkwood High School, I uh, I had sort of an uh, irrational need to be the center of attention. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I had an outlet for it. Were you a class clown? Yeah, I think, yeah, I was. Yeah. I remember I, I ran for uh, I ran for class president when I was a sophomore, and I won. And the only reason I ran was so I could get up and give a speech yeah. in front of everybody in the school. And I just told jokes the whole time, yeah. and I won. And then I had to be the class president for a year. Yeah. And I really didn't care about that. Yeah. Uh they used to do morning announcements as a media member. You probably remember Franklin Macaulay was a, a principal. Oh, absolutely,
0: Franklin's a good friend. Yeah, and I used
1: to do impressions mm-hmm. of Franklin uh, <laughs> over the morning announcements, uh, and you know that was my first comedy gig, I think.
0: But then you have to decide to become a professional after the West Point misstep. Yep, uh, yep, that's that, when that
1: happened. You know, there were some other missteps. I uh, I graduated college and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I wound up I took a job selling peanut pita- peanut butter and Pringles. I, I sold Jif peanut butter. Pringles potato chips, sunny Delight, uh, drink uh, to grocery stores for several years. Really? And I was making a lot of money. Uh, I was a company called Procter Gamble, oh. and Gamble, um, and I was doing stand-up a little bit at night. and uh, one this was like, I don't know, eight years in, uh, I was in this sales call. I was getting ready to go into Kroger stores. They used to be in St. Sure. Louis, but it was the Cincinnati division. There was probably 200 stores. and it was if, if this sales call went well, uh, it was regarding Pringles. It would have been a million dollars for the company, like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I had some teammates there, and they were sort of strategizing about, what you know, what do we do? What do we do? And I, my mind kept drifting, drifting off to a TV show I had watched the evening before. Uh, it was uh, on USA Network uh, uh, called Renegade, and it was a two-parter, and the lead character, uh, he – Appeared to have died at the end of, of that episode. And I kept thinking, well, well they, they can't kill him off. He's, he's the main character. And then I realized,
0: maybe I'm not as focused on the grocery business as <laughs> I should. And then it happened. And the rest is history. I guess say. so. We got to wrap it up there, Greg. Uh, thanks so much for being oh, with great us. great to Reminded see you again, Don. that uh, be at the Funny Bone all this weekend. Yeah, Thursday through Sunday. Look forward to that. Greg Warren, thank you. Good to see you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.